Lewis Greenwald is the majority leader of the New Jersey State Assembly in the legislature. Uh, Mr. Greenwald is the sponsor of a package of gun safety bills that will be considered by an assembly committee on Monday. Uh, Mr. Majority Leader, welcome. Hi, David. How are you? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you for thank you for coming back. Let, let's talk about your bills. You have, uh, uh, I think, I think it's five bills uh, dealing with gun safety issues that are going to be uh, considered by the the Assembly Oversight Committee uh, on uh, on Monday. Uh, tell me what's going on with those. Well, thanks, David. Yeah, you know, we've worked very closely with the governor these past four years to pass some of the strongest gun violence prevention laws in the country. And the numbers have reflected success. When you look at a state like New Jersey, that is considered of having some of the most strict gun laws in the country, even though a state like ours that is so densely populated, we have one of the lowest incidents of gun violence of any state in the country. And that's been a success. And clearly, some of the past laws we've done, like establishing red flag laws for gun violence uh, protective orders, have worked. Establishing uh, partnerships with trauma centers around the state, the Rutgers Gun Violence Research Center that was done up at University Health System and down at Cooper Hospital, have worked to provide services around victims. And now we're trying to look to take this next step Um, which we think are common sense approaches to gun violence prevention that are very much focused on doing two things. One, protecting the Second Amendment and lawful gun owners and also common sense approach uh, to gun violence. So let me give you a couple examples of the bill. Okay. One, for instance, is let me give you this stat. This stat was startling to me. According to the New Jersey State Police, 442,214 handgun permit applications were filed in New Jersey in 2020. That's a 332% increase from the 102,270 filed in 2019. So one of the things that we thought is an important approach to this is as more and more people seem to be looking to be applying uh, for gun permits, One of the things that we're suggesting is requiring training prior to the issuance of a firearm. Also, we'd like to see a safe storage law for firearms in the home. We see this all the time where kids get access to their parents' guns. And most recently in the news, I'm sure most of your listeners heard about the shooting in Michigan at the Oxford High School. That was an incident where a young person was able to get access to a gun that had been purchased by their parents. And then a couple other quick ones. We want to require that newly manufactured handguns have something that's called a micro stamp. So when you, when you fire that gun, it will micro stamp the bullet. So before that gun is purchased and transferred to the consumer, we'll fire it. We'll have a micro stamp. We'll be able to identify that gun to that owner. And it's like a fingerprint and it protects lawful gun owners that that gun is ever stolen. Uh, or sold or transferred, they register it, and they now know who is the proper owner of that gun. So these are, David, the type of simple, common-sense approaches that doesn't take a single gun away from a single person, protects every lawful gun owner, and tries to attack that problem in a rational sense as we see this, you know, legitimate spike in people applying for gun permits, but at the same time making sure that as guns are in the community that they're done safely.
And a lot of these bills, I think this is the third round of, of gun safety legislation uh, in the Assembly over the last couple of years. Uh, I think a lot of these bills pass with bipartisan support, don't they? They do, David, and I think that's why I, I can't say it enough. Our goal is to protect the Second Amendment and at the same time make sure that when guns are in the community that it's safe for the user and it's safe for the community as a whole. And we've really walked that line, I think, very effectively, and it's why it has gotten bipartisan support. And so Assembly Speaker Craig Coughlin uh, uh, joined, joined Governor Murphy, and he, uh, he, he said that he would consider these votes – during the lame duck, are the are the are the votes there to pass this package uh, this year? The votes are there uh, to pass uh, these bills that we've just discussed. Um, you know, and, and I heard a little bit of a lead into our conversation. Some of the talk about my friend Steve Sweeney, and I remind people all the time. You, you know, we can't do things in one house without the other. And Steve's been a supporter of this same type of common sense, and he's been a voice of reason for people to protect the Second Amendment, you know, in his district, in our area of the state. Hunting is part of a culture, uh, family tradition passed on from grandparent to parents, to children and grandchildren. And, you know, Steve has always been a constant voice of us to make sure that we are passing laws that have that common sense approach and at the same time protects the Second Amendment. And Mr. Majority Leader, I, I, sorry, I realized I, I misspoke. I said the Oversight Committee, uh, just, just in case anybody is listening and wants to uh, uh, participate in the hearing, it's the Judiciary Committee that's going to hear, hear those bills. Uh, let, me ask you, let me ask you another question. Uh, uh, we, we've, we've had a lot of talk over the last two weeks about the, the rebu- Republican rebellion over the statehouse policy that requires you to either show proof of vaccination or show a, a negative COVID test. Uh, what's, what's going on in Trenton in terms of, of legislators being able to come into a session uh, 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 as they always have? So, David, no one's been denied access of participating in the democratic process. It frustrates me when I see what is really a small uh, minority within the minority caucus. This, you know, and we've received numbers of phone calls, the speaker and I, from Republican members asking us to please not paint them with a broad brush. But there is four, five, six members of their caucus that have taken this stand. And I think they've misrepresented the facts to the public, to be honest. Uh, they are suggesting that their constituents are not being represented, and that's just going to be further from the truth. So let me lay out for you what we've established. I think it's fair and reasonable. Okay. We did this in a time where we are seeing, as we have now seen through a number of holiday seasons, what have we learned from this virus, David? We know when people gather in close proximity, especially around the holidays, we see spike in the virus. That has been no different this year as we've come through the Hanukkah season for our Jewish friends and neighbors and now through Thanksgiving. And we know that we are seeing increased hospitalization and spikes in the virus. We also are going into Christmas and New Year's. And then as we get two weeks past New Year's, we'll start to see the numbers uh, come down. We have an added factor that just as the, the, these four, five, six Republicans were taking the stance, we had a new variant, the Omicron, that we still don't know a lot about. Uh, research seems to suggest 
while it's very contagious, it's not as uh, virulent and deadly. Good news there. So what we did in the assembly was ask for some simple measures in, uh, you know, in a house that is close proximity, people sitting shoulder to shoulder, uh, 80 members plus staff, probably 150 people in that room at any one time. We ask people to show respect to each other and say and provide proof that you've either been vaccinated and received your booster. If you don't want if you if you have a, made a choice, you don't want to be vaccinated. That's your that's your choice. That's fine. Just please present a negative test as you come into this room with other people. If you didn't get a negative test or don't want to pay for the negative test, we arranged for a 15-minute rabbit test to be given to you that day as you entered. If you didn't want to take that test, David, you didn't want to take any of those three options, we were going to provide access for you to participate in the voting session online where New Jersey was the first state in the country during the pandemic when it hit to make sure we didn't shut down government to vote online, and that passed with bipartisan support. So there were a number of Republicans that were willing to present proof of vaccine or a negative test. Uh, they would have participated on the floor, and we would have moved forward. Um, these five or six Republicans have made this an issue that I really I, I don't think is necessary. So I certainly respect their opinion, uh, but I disagree with their approach, and I, I, I do truly disagree with the suggestion that they have misrepresented to the public that they were not going to be able to participate. And I'm speaking with Lou Greenwald, the majority leader of the New Jersey State Assembly. And I and I think about your your first election to the to the legislature. You 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 first went to Trenton in Newt Gingrich's first year as the Speaker of the House. And and I've been I've been looking at that strategy. What happened in the in the in the 1990s? of a suddenly more aggressive uh, Republican Party in Washington. Is that what we're going to look at next year? Do we, I mean, clearly, clearly the Republican side of the aisle after the, uh, this year's election is, is more conservative than it, than it had been. Uh, do you think you're going to see more of this? Do you think you're now looking at more partisanship from the Republican minority than you've had over the last few years? You know, David, it, that's not for me to say. I, I'll watch them with interest. I'd have no problem with them being vocal and, and fighting for their positions. You know, if partisanship is another word for public policy, that partisanship comes from a leaning of their voters in a policy direction that they want them to go. That's what they should be doing. But let's have an honest debate. Let's not misrepresent the facts. Let's not suggest that that democracy is being threatened. And let's have an honest conversation around these five gun bills that we just talked about, whether or not you think they're reasonable or not. Let's have an honest conversation around the uh, child care tax credit that we just gave to working families making up to $150,000 a year and almost doubling the income eligibility for that because we want to help hardworking men and women get back to work as this pandemic comes to an end, stimulate our economy and let parents know that their children are safe and, and their children are a safe environment. Let's have conversations around those types of public policies. Now, if you're asking, look, if this more conservative, radical Republican voice plays out, I don't think that's the direction that New Jersey is. I think New Jersey is a moderate state and I don't think Democrats are 
any better served in going to a fringe left. I believe we live in the middle in many respects. I believe New Jersey is the state that wants elected officials that are fighting for kitchen table, pocketbook issues, helping people return to normal, making sure their children are safe, are receiving a world-class education, which they do in New Jersey, number one public education system in the country. I think that's what people want us to fight for, but I also think they want us to do it with grace and dignity and humility. And I think that's what I would challenge all of our members, regardless of party, to do. Well, Assemblyman Lewis Greenwald of Camden County, Majority Leader of the, the State Assembly, I, it, it's always a pleasure having you on, and I hope you'll be back soon to, to talk about what you're doing in the, in the next session of the legislature. David, thanks. I hope you have a wonderful holiday for you and your family. It's nice talking to you, and I look forward to talking to you again. You as well. Have a happy holiday, Mr. Leader. You too.